Chapter 1. When you know the process, you can manage the process. If you want to know where the waterfall comes from, you need to go upstream. When the stream is tasting salty, you need to go upstream to discover who is taking a pee in the stream. Oftentimes it's just us taking a pee in our own soup. I know, this does not sound appealing. Most issues and challenges do not arrive suddenly in a package. They develop. They start slowly over time. Just like gaining weight or losing weight. Both of these take time. Generally, we unconsciously gain weight and we consciously lose the weight. It's only when we focus our awareness and our actions on the task when we tend to achieve that task. When it comes to our personal challenges, this is the same. Problems often start without our awareness and without our permission. Most of our challenges have their roots in our recent past. However, because these causes are not right in front of us right now, we tend to overlook them and ignore them until we can't anymore. Because of this, we tend to look for solutions where there are none. Eventually we get fed up with this and we feel frustrated. Humans do not like feeling frustrated, living with problems and not solving our challenges. This makes us feel like failures and disappointments and it makes us feel that we are not good enough. Without getting these things handled and solving our significant problems, we either just give up and live with them or ignore them and hope they go away. This is not good. This is not a good strategy. In fact, in fact, this is one of the biggest causes for a lot of problems we all have in our lives. All we need is to know that solutions to every challenge exist. We simply need to expose ourselves to them and be shown them. When we learn that there is a process to this, a flow to this, we can draw lines and find the root cause and heal our wounds. When we know the process, we can manage the process. In this chapter, we'll cover how subtle and almost invisible this process is. By the end of this chapter, you might even say, this is obvious. And this is how subtle and invisible these processes are, until we see them. As a human, we need to be aware of our emotions, as these affect our thinking and our feeling. Our thinking and our feeling have an impact on the choices we make and the actions that we take. And these actions that we take produce our results. Our results come from a series of events, a cascade of influences. To avoid getting lost in the weeds, simply keeping this in mind and being aware of this will support you on your journey to inner peace. In Breakthrough, we use a simple flowchart for this. And it all starts with awareness. Awareness of your emotions, of your thinking and your feeling, which lead to your choices, which lead to your actions, which create your results. I'll go over that again. We first start with awareness. And it's the awareness of your emotions, it's the awareness of your feeling, it's the awareness of your thinking. Your choices lead to your actions, and your actions create your results. Results can also be called outcomes. However, outcomes are more of the desire, not necessarily the result. This flowchart or formula also works in reverse. If you simply take a look at your results, in other words, what action did you take to produce a result? And why did you choose that action? That action was based on a choice. And you made that choice based on a particular state of being. Inside that state of being are your feelings, your emotions. So you made that particular choice based on a particular feeling. And behind all of this, there was a particular cognitive process. In other words, your thinking. And without being aware of this, your thinking is based on your emotions. 
and your awareness of them at the time. Most of the time, this is a retrospective process. In other words, we see the result and then we look back in time to see what happened. And when we get better at this, we can move into what I call conscious awareness. And conscious awareness is the state of being, of being aware of the whole process ahead of time. And this state is another level. And this level only comes online with practice. To get clear on all of this, we need to unpack this whole process and give definitions to these concepts. Let's start with awareness. Awareness is like having a lamp in the dark. The light of the lamp reveals objects in your surroundings, anything that is within close proximity to you. And if you had to focus your awareness, this would be more like having a torch than a lamp. The light of a torch is way more focused, and focused light is much more intense and a lot brighter. You can also see a lot more detail when using a torch. This is your focus. The next component in this cascade are your emotions. You need to name it to tame it. There is an overlap between emotions, feelings, and some thinking processes. I'd like to make some distinctions between emotions and feelings. Emotions are associated with bodily reactions which are activated through neurotransmitters and hormones which are released by the brain. Another way of saying this is, emotions are a matrix of sensations to which we attach a label. And of course, there's a whole slew of them. Let's look at a quick list of emotions. Emotions include things like anger, sadness, grief, disgust, frustration, fear, horror, joy, connectedness, or oneness, surprise, hostility, shame, guilt, and so on. When the lamp of your awareness reveals an emotion, you need to identify this emotion. A wonderful way of looking at emotions is to see them simply as an energy in motion. Once this energy is in motion, you need to identify this energy. You need to name it to tame it, because this is part of the energy which will drive you. This energy and the label which you attach to this energy will affect the way you feel about it. And your emotions and your feelings will affect your thinking. They are all connected. Now, let's take a look at a list of feelings. Feelings are things like feeling hurt, confused, anxious, feeling happy or feeling unhappy, feeling energized, feeling drained, teary or weepy, feeling content, strengthened, inspired, feeling vibrant or feeling invigorated, and so on. In the mix of all this is your thinking, and thinking is the cognitive process on top of all of this, and behind all of these components. Your thinking is ultimately the way you perceive these feelings and emotions, and the way that you think about these things will impact the choices that you make. This cognitive or thinking component is the linchpin, or the cornerstone of what we will work with. Because your emotions and your feelings will impact your thinking, and your thinking can impact your feelings and your emotions, this is where the two-way street emerges. This is what is called the bi-directional feedback mechanism, where each one can affect each other. And your thinking can both craft and design your preferred state of being. This is your power of choice. This is where choice comes in. Out of all of this laid before you, you make a choice. When you come to a crossroads, you make a choice. You choose to turn left, or you choose to turn right. Or you can even choose to stay where you are. Choosing to do nothing is still a choice. What you do following your choices are your actions. If you choose to sit still, 
your action is to do nothing. If you choose to walk, your action is walking. If you choose to turn left, your action is turning left. And when you choose to quieten down your inner voices, your action is centering and quietening. It is your actions which lead to your results. When I speak of results, results also overlap with behavior, as it is your behavior which produces the result. Things like smiling, laughing, awkwardness, crying, being shy, shouting and arguing, these are all actions. It's the things that you can see in the world. Something like worry is a very interesting one, because it is both. It is both a thinking and a behaving thing. Keep this in mind as we start to name it to tame it. Okay, so we are clear that there are distinctions between these, and we are also clear that there are overlaps. From the science and the research of all these things, there is a particular field called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. This is the therapy which uses your cognition, in other words your thinking, and your behavior, in other words your doing or your actions, to improve your life. And it is a potent form of therapy. In essence, I'm a very big fan of this. However, I do part ways in certain instances when it comes to therapy in general. And this is for me personally. Personally, I feel that therapy itself is a little too passive. Although therapy is phenomenal, and it works, it does, for me personally, it's just a very long, drawn-out process. And if this works for you, use it. I always suggest that you use what works for you. In a way, Breakthrough and the Harlequin Experience is connected to CBT. Once again, there are certain components which overlap or interlock with each other. However, it is not therapy. It's more a CBS model. In other words, a cognitive behavioral skills model. It is a direct process to evaluate patterns of behavior and your personal patterns, and it is an entire tool set to work on and change the things in your life that you feel you need to change in your life. An extremely proficient CBT practitioner can get you well on your way and even resolve your wounds and your challenges. They can. In CBT, they use a basic triangle to evaluate and illustrate this point. The triangle in CBT looks like this. At one point, you have your emotions. At the other point, you have cognition. And on the other point of the triangle, you have behavior. This is a fantastic model and a fantastic tool. When I work with this, I like to expand this even further and add in another corner for feelings and give them their own corner, turning a triangle into a square. And if you draw an X inside of the square, a line from each corner to the opposite corner, in the middle of the square, you could put attitude and awareness. It's the attitude and awareness of your emotions, of your feelings, of your thinking, and of your behaving, which makes all the difference. And this is the big part of the Breakthrough Toolbox. For images and videos on this, visit belimitless.co.za forward slash toolbox. As I've already discussed above, you can see why I separate emotions and feelings. We need to make a clear distinction between these. We need to name it to tame it. We need to get better at identifying the differences between thinking, feeling, behaving, and emotions. We need to know the overlap and the relationship between them. These do overlap, and they blur into each other. The point here is not to argue the overlap. The point is to identify what is going on and to observe the results these dominoes and these cascades create. The bottom line is, we want a tool to examine where we are, and then we need a way to get to where we want to be. This is the basic formula for this. And yes, it can be a lot more complex, and it can also be a lot more simple. For example, the simplest way to look at this 
is action equals results. But this is not only too obvious, it is also way too simple because it doesn't give you the tools that you need to change the results and move towards your desired outcomes. Let's do a quick example to see or hear how to use this tool. And I'll tell you the story of Chad. Chad is an angry man. He gets home every day in a terrible mood. He's grumpy and he is short with everyone for at least the first hour that he's at home. Let's have a chat to Chad and see what's going on. So Chad, you mentioned that you're angry every day? Yes, well, no. Uh, I'm not angry. I'm just irritable and frustrated. Like, you know what it's like? I've had a long, busy day at work, you know. And the traffic getting home is just getting worse. There are constant roadworks and, and all I want to do is get home, decompress a bit before spending time with the family. But I can't, man. From the moment I open the door, everyone is at me. And don't get me wrong, I love my family, but, you know, but they just can't give me a breather, man. You know, this just gets me stuck in a mood. And by the time I feel better, the house is quiet. The house is quietened down and the kids have gone to bed. And I'm left all alone sitting in an empty lounge all by myself. I totally understand. When you're sitting in that empty lounge, what feelings come up for you? No, oh, man, sitting in that lounge, I just feel unappreciated. I have these constant conversations with myself in my own head. I ask myself, what's the point, man? Is this what life's going to look like forever? I feel like I'm losing connection with my family. I think I'm getting depressed. Do you only feel like you're getting depressed? Do you just think that you're getting depressed? Or are you actually feeling depressed? No, man, I'm not really depressed, you know. Uh, I'm just tired and frustrated, man. I totally hear you. So what do you think? Are you venting? Or are you expressing a deeper need? Yo, yeah, man, I, I think it's a deeper need, eh? Maybe I just need a holiday or something. Perhaps if I take the family away or take them to someplace different, you know, maybe they'll see that I'm, I'm not as bad as they think I am. And I don't know, if this carries on like this, and I might get divorced, eh? And is this what you want? No, man, of course not. That's not at all. But I mean, what's the alternative? What alternative do I have? I work so hard for them, and, and all they see is a monster. You know, maybe if I leave, maybe they'll be happy. Chad is clearly having a hard time of this. His inner voices are having a field day with him. His feelings are running away with him and he is experiencing emotions which he can't quite put his finger on. Without identifying the problem, it's very difficult for him to come up with a solution. And for most humans, when we cannot solve a problem, we tend to run away from it. We tend to move away from it without solving it. We carry this kind of problem-solving skill, or lack of skill in this case, we carry this with us and we tend to repeat the same patterns again and again, thinking that there is something wrong with us. This is not the truth. This is just a perception, or it's an internal opinion. This is an internal opinion about ourselves. Because we don't think that we have alternatives, because we think we have no options. Without options, and without Chad knowing that these options exist, and that things can work in a very different way, what other alternative does Chad have? Well, Chad has many alternatives. He just doesn't know it yet. He has never been shown them. He doesn't know what else to do. Chad simply does not know what he does not know. Chad hasn't even considered the idea that there is a solution to this problem. He feels like he's doing everything he can and what he's supposed to do, and simply nothing is working. Remember, that's just the way he feels. It's not necessarily the reality. Chad thinks that he's studied so hard and has done what society and his culture has expected from him. Chad thinks, this must just work. It must. What else can I do? 
This is simply a trap. This is a trap from our social conditioning. We are taught to solve problems on our own. The weird thing is we also went to school to learn things. We already have the evidence that we need to learn new things to do new things. And there are places where you can learn these new things. However, in school, when it came to exams, you were expected to get through those exams on your own. Asking your neighbor for the answer is considered as cheating. No wonder we are conflicted. What we do not consider is that this is only valid inside the exam room. When it comes to life and living a good life, the optimal strategy is to learn from those who have already solved your problem. However, when we carry this idea that we need to solve everything on our own, this option falls to the bottom of the list. This is not an option which most humans consider. So let's go to our toolbox and apply the tools. Let's see if we can give Chad the tools to get out of this trap. And it all starts with awareness. The basic flowchart of this, which we use in Breakthrough, is awareness of your emotions, of your thinking and your feeling, which leads to your choices, which leads to your actions, which create your results. Can Chad become aware of his behaviors which are producing these results? Based on the fact that Chad has engaged in this process, we are going to assume that he's become open to this and that he's going to apply the tools. He's become aware that his actions are not producing his desired results. He is aware that he's angry, frustrated, grumpy, and tired from his day. He has become aware that his feelings have him in a vice grip, and it's his feelings which are causing the scenario to happen again and again and again, and this has become a permanent pattern for him. Of course, he is aware that this cannot continue, and if it does, everything is going to fall apart. Step two, we take a look at his emotions. We take a look at the energy in motion inside Chad. The energy in motion inside of Chad is anger, frustration, and possibly a little bit of apathy. Fear is also rolling around here for him. And these emotions are powerful emotions. And his emotions are producing feelings. So we move to step three. What are his feelings? This energy in motion is setting off a cascade of feelings inside of him, which are clouding his thinking. He feels like he is the problem. He feels like his family does not understand him. He feels like his family does not love him. He feels like his family does not respect him. He feels like his family does not want him around. He feels like he is a monster. And of course he feels the only way to solve the problem is to leave. As we go to step four, thinking. This is where we can start to interrupt things. These emotions and feelings have become like a snowball rolling down a hill. And the more they roll, the bigger they get. And the bigger they get, the more momentum they gain. When Chad engages his thinking, Chad can start thinking his way out of this. Chad is having a conversation with himself in his own head. And currently, this conversation is not going well. Chad is starting to think of a solution. And without exploring alternatives, which solution will he choose? As we move to step five, choice. There are a whole set of choices which Chad can make at this point. Coming from Chad's current point of view, which solution will he choose? Unfortunately, Chad feels like he's reached the end of his mental scope, and he's starting to feel that there is only one choice left. The reality is, there are many choices. However, without the awareness of these choices or the alternatives, Chad is about to make a huge mistake. As we move to step six, which is action, Based on the above data and information, what action do you think Chad will take? Do you think he'll make the smart choice 
Or do you think he'll just do what the majority of us do? Well, currently, Chad hasn't made any final decisions on this yet, and he hasn't taken any actions on his thoughts yet. This is a good thing for now. The closest he has come to solving this problem is getting into arguments and fights with his family. His family are not sure what is going on. All that they know is that this is very unpleasant for them. Step 7. Results. Results are not really a step. Results are simply results. They are the outcome of performing a particular action. Results just are. No matter how we slice it, results are outside of any reason, rationalization, or justification or excuse of any behavior. Results are just results. Without any rationalization or justification, results simply become the measure of your awareness, of your thinking, of your feeling, of your emotions, and the actions you take based on the choices you make. And there is a secret behind all of this. There is a deciding factor in all of these things. Your attitude. Your attitude and your awareness are your X factor. This is why I use a square. I use a square with all of these things on each corner, with an X drawn through the middle. Your attitude and awareness to all of these factors changes everything. If you have the attitude that nothing can be done, then nothing will be done. If you have awareness and the attitude that something can be done, then something will be done. If you have the attitude that things are like this because of your environment, because of your circumstances, because of your childhood, or whatever, then you'll be trapped in your attitude. You'll be trapped waiting for your environment, your childhood, and your circumstances to change. I'll repeat this because it's so important. If you have the attitude that things are like this because of your environment, because of your circumstances, then you'll be trapped. You'll be trapped waiting for your environment and your circumstances to change. And the likelihood of all of that changing is practically zero. If you have the attitude that you're willing, able, and capable to change your circumstances, your circumstances will change. A quick side note on this. Ever since you took your first breath, you've been changing your circumstances. You have had an impact on your environment. This means that you already have the tools and the experience that you can change your circumstances. You do not have to drown in your social conditioning thinking that you cannot change your circumstances. If you have the attitude that no one can help you, you are right. If you have the attitude that you can learn and find a way, you are also right. It all depends on your attitude. Let's go back to Chad and check in with his attitude. If Chad has the attitude that it is up to his family to sort this out and make him feel better, he will be trapped. He will be a victim of his circumstances. If Chad can change his attitude that he is in the driver's seat and that he can take charge of his life, he's responsible for his life, and yes, he can take charge of his results, then Chad has a fighting chance to turn his situation around. Let's plug this different attitude into these steps and see what the outcome could be. Awareness. Chad is aware that coming through the door frustrated, angry and grumpy does not set a happy tone in the house. He realizes that the family does not know about his hard day. They do not know about the construction on the road and the traffic he has been fighting on his way home. They do not know his frustrations and the mood he is in, nor why. Chad comes to realize that they do not know what they do not know. His thoughts, his feelings, and his emotions are not theirs. This is not really their stuff. This is his stuff. Chad, of course, is still experiencing all of these emotions. He's still experiencing all of these feelings. However, at this point, 
he changes his thinking. He thinks about his desired outcome. He thinks about how he wants things to be. He thinks about what his family would appreciate. He thinks about trying it a different way. And then he makes a choice. He chooses to take a long, deep breath before he opens the door and chooses to park his emotions and those feelings. Just for now. And he chooses to open the door with a smile on his face. He chooses to find his family, greet them and show them that he appreciates them, cares for them, and that he is glad and happy to be home. Let's go back to Chad. Let's see or hear how this goes down. Well, Chad, after going through some alternatives and changing a bit of a mindset, how did things go down at home? Well, yeah, man, at first I didn't want to do this, you know. I mean, why must I put in all the effort for this? So anyway, I got home. I was tired, I was frustrated, and I didn't feel like I had anything left in me. But I did what you asked. I gave it a try. I got to the door, I took a long, deep breath, and I breathed out that frustration. I put a smile on my face and opened the door. My daughter was the first one who saw me, and she came running to me. I was so surprised, I didn't know what to do. She hugged my leg, and I just stood there. And this, this really softened me up. I bent down and picked her up, and together we went to find Mom. Mom was in the lounge. When we both came into the lounge laughing and smiling, Mom was shocked. She was almost paralyzed. She just stared at the two of us coming through the door. And I've got to tell you, this was already different. That's great. And then what happened? How did she, how did she react to this? Well, she was stunned, man. Her first words to me was, Is everything okay? I actually laughed at that. And I was also surprised. She eventually got off the couch and gave us both a big hug. I was floored, man. This hasn't happened in years. And afterwards, we just stood in the kitchen. We just talked for a while and we made dinner together. It was actually great, eh? I've got to tell you, the difference was huge. I even got some special attention that night, if you know what I'm saying, eh? <laughs> yes, that is fantastic. And what changed? What would you say made the big difference? Yeah, man. Well, clearly it was the way I behaved, eh? I thought about a few things. I changed my mind about a few things. And I did quite a few things differently. And here's the thing. It wasn't even actually that hard. And it was definitely not as hard as I thought it would be. It was actually quite simple, eh? I agree. When we know how to do things differently, they really can become simple. So tell me, do you think that this is sustainable? Oh, look, man, look, look, things, there's still a long way to go, you know. Not everything is sunshine and daisies yet, but it's a massive step in the right direction, eh? Are you still contemplating leaving the family? No, man, I never really wanted to leave anyway, you know, I didn't want to leave in the first place. I just didn't know what else to do, man. I actually never even thought that there could be another way. And I definitely didn't think, you know, doing something that seemed so small could make such a massive change, eh? I've got to tell you, this has changed everything. And it really can. As you can see, using simple models and simple tools can make a profound difference. They really can change everything. You simply need to know what they are and use them. Give them a chance. Self-improvement is not really a big thing. It only becomes a big deal when we believe that we don't need any self-development, when we believe we don't need any self-improvement. Unfortunately, this is not the world that we live in anymore. Ever since we started to use the wheel and discovered how to make fire, we've been improving every day. Imagine if we never improved. Where would we be? We improve every day, and sometimes we get stuck. Imagine if we never improved the computer. You would not have the device that you're listening to me on right now. If humans never improved, we would still light up our evenings 
with campfires and candlelight. Without self-improvement, the divorce rate will increase. Crime will increase. Depression, anxiety, panic and apathy. Without self-development, these things will all increase. We need to get past the idea that self-improvement is only for broken people. And often, the people who think that self-improvement is for broken people need self-improvement the most. Also on the other side, waiting for them to improve does not serve us. For those who are on the path of self-improvement, if we are to wait for the world to catch up, we are going to wait a very long time. The responsibility to take charge of our life is ours. The only one living in your head is you. You can either live there in pain, in anguish, or in sorrow and regret, or you can live there in peace, joy, happiness, and contentment. The choice is really up to you. Because you are listening to this, you already know that there are options. There are choices. And you can choose whatever you want. The only question that I ask is, are you more interested in convincing the world of your way, or are you more interested in being happy? To put this another way, are you more interested in justifying the way that you feel, or are you more interested and willing to craft your own happiness? The interesting thing about happiness is that it takes no further convincing. Internal pain, anguish, blame, and a victim status is simply consumed with reason, rationalization, justification, and convincing that this point of view and that this way of living is totally justified. I'm sure this is not you. My question is, why would we really want to live this way? Thinking this way is extremely disempowering. And all it does is open the trapdoor of downward spiraling negative emotions, which leave us feeling dreadful. When we have this kind of trapped mindset, no wonder for the most part we feel terrible. And it need not be this way. There are solutions to these issues. There are solutions to these problems. Interesting side note. Downward spiraling negative emotions, they need rationalization. They need justification. They need convincing. Being happy doesn't. And of course, if you are already a positive person, then let's push the limits. Let's push the needle and see how happy we can be. Chapter Summary Awareness of your emotions and how they impact your feelings is critical. Emotions impact your feelings, which affects your thinking, and your thinking affects the choices you make and the actions you take. The actions you take are seen as your behavior, and it's the actions you take which produce your results. If you change the way you interpret your feelings and your emotions, you change your behavior. When you change your behavior, you change your results. In this regard, Thinking is your greatest tool. When you change your mind, you change your life. Rethink what you're thinking. See the two paths in front of you. The one to hell, the one to happiness. No matter which path you choose, use your awareness to choose the attitude, to choose the tools to get you to where you want to be.